Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. For anyone new to the podcast, welcome. Each week I will be coming out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you still don't know what a cryptid is, it is defined as an animal, such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster, that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings. Although many of them are, some cryptids have actually become documented animals, like the giant squid. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, and check out the posts I make for each episode, and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. Before I get into talking about the cryptid this week, I wanted to apologize for the mishaps for what episode was coming next. One of the great things about this podcast is I get to connect with friends all the time now, but with that comes tricky scheduling conflicts, and since I pre-record episodes, sometimes I just have to move things around like a puzzle. So anyways, sorry for all the confusion, and I will try my best to keep it on track from now on, but it's probably going to happen again, so brace yourselves. Another thing is that my lovely, wonderful mom pointed out to me that I was unclear with the measurements of the hammerhead bat in the Jersey Devil episode. So hammerhead bats can have a wingspan of up to 30 inches. That's still not as big as what people describe the Jersey Devil being, but nonetheless, I think that that theory is really compelling. So thank you, mom. This week, we are talking about a cryptid that lives in the largest freshwater lake in the state of Alaska. We are talking about the Iliamna Lake Monster, or also known as Illy. Today's weird club inductee is my best friend, Aubrey. She has been my rock for years, and I don't know what I would do without her. (laughs) She is also a fantastic musical theater star living in New York, so stay tuned to hear what she thinks. Now, lake monsters are probably the most famous type of cryptid behind Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Nessie, also known as the Loch Ness Monster, is arguably the most famous of them, and Illy is fairly similar. According to one study, there are over 300 lakes in the world that have a monster living in them, and Lake Iliamna is one of the most mysterious ones. Let's dive in. Lake Iliamna is located in the southwest part of Alaska. It is a large natural lake that has been described as an island sea. Its surface area is approximately 1,012.5 square miles, and it is 77 miles long and 22 miles wide. The deepest waters of the lake reach 988 feet, but its average depth is 144 feet. The first reports of the monster come from the native Aleut people, who have been living there for over 11,000 years now. They tell stories of a beast referred to as the Gonakadet. The Gonakadet was described as a massive water-dwelling animal with a head and tail of a wolf and the body of an orca whale. The Gonakadet was depicted as a fish god with a beautiful origin story that involves the love of a husband and all of his hard work for his village, but with mother-in-law problems. The mother-in-law was the wife of a chief and was used to having her way. She despised her son-in-law because she could not control him like the rest, and she hated his gambling. After each meal they had, she would order every bit of food put out of sight so that he would not be able to eat anything when he came home. She would also order the slaves to put out the fire so that he could not cook for himself. When he would come back long after dark, she would make snide, sarcastic remarks about him cutting wood for her. Although the young man loved his wife, He could not endure her mother's constant nagging forever. There was a lake nearby where the monster, Gonakadet, was reported to live. He built himself a small cabin where he lived alone at the side of this lake. But he had a reason for this. He wanted to trap the monster. 
He chopped down a tall cedar tree into the lake and created a cage where he could catch the beast. During the summer, he went with the villagers for the fishing grounds. He caught many salmon and took them back to his cabin and used them to bait the trap. Eventually, the salmon brought the beast into the trap. For hours, it thrashed about, at times dragging the tree completely underwater, but eventually it gave up and died. He then skinned it and carefully dried its skin. When it was cured, he got into the hide and went into the water. And when he did, he had all the powers of the Gona Cadet. He explored the lake bottom, finding a beautiful house, which had been the home of this creature. The only person he told about his abilities was his wife, and she could never tell a soul. The next spring, the village had found that their salmon supply had run out, and they were faced with the possibilities of a famine. The young man heard this and put on his skin and swam into the sea every night. He told his wife, I will be back each morning before the raven calls. He said, But if the raven calls before I return, do not look for me, for I shall be dead in this life. That night he caught a salmon, and before the raven called, he brought it to the village, and it laid on the sand in front of his mother-in-law's house. The woman then saw the salmon and believed it had drifted there with the tide. According to custom, all the village was invited to join them. The following night, the young man caught more salmon and left them in the same place. When the mother-in-law found these, she was overjoyed and wondered what it was that was bringing her this good fortune. It must be a spirit, she believed. The young man now started to sleep during the day because he was always tired from swimming in search of salmon at night. His mother-in-law would belittle him, saying, Imagine men sleeping all day when there is a famine. If it were not for me going around picking up dead fish, the whole village would starve. His wife knew who was providing the salmon, but kept quiet, like he had asked. The next morning, the woman found a halibut right in front of her door, and sensing a pattern, she predicted two halibut would be there the next day. The young man heard her prediction and caught two halibut. She told her husband, the chief, to forbid anyone from going to the beach until she had gone first, saying she had a vision. She wished only to make sure that she would get full credit for everything that was found. Then she predicted that she would find a seal, and as she predicted, a seal was there in the morning. The seal was then cooked for the whole community. People now began to believe she was a great shaman, and she did everything in her power to encourage this belief. She named herself the Food-Finding Spirit. She continually talked about her spirits and sang songs about their power. Her popularity made her more cruel to her son-in-law, and now she spoke of him exclusively as the sleeping man. As time went on, she started to get greedy. She called for two seals, then one sea lion, then two sea lions, and then one whale. She began to sell the food to the villagers and had so much stored in boxes that people were in awe of her wealth. With this, each night the task had been getting greater for the young man, and he had barely gotten in with the whale before the raven called. He warned his wife, do not take any of that food unless she offers it. And then he said, if I am found dead in this skin, put me along with the skin in the place where I used to hide it, and you will get help. Then the mother-in-law called for two whales, and as always the young man caught them, but it exceeded the strength of even the great Gona Cadet. All night long, he struggled to get them ashore, and just as he did, the raven called. 
and he died. The mother-in-law went out as usual and found the two whales, but with them, a strange monster lay in between. All the villagers came down to see it. It had claws with a big head, with long upright ears, two large fins stood up on its back, and it had a long curling tail. The simple villagers thought it must be one of the shaman woman's spirits, but then they heard crying, and when they looked, they saw the chief's daughter running down weeping. The villagers asking, why does the chief's daughter call the monster her husband? And when the girl reached the shore, she turned on her mother and screamed, Where are your spirits now? You lied. You said you had spirits when you actually had none. This is what happened to my husband. Everyone in the village was shocked and confused. And then the girl requested the help of someone who was spiritually clean. And they opened the monster's mouth, revealing the body of her husband. People believed he must have been killed by the monster. But the young woman knew the truth. The young woman had some helpers follow her husband's instructions. They saw the trap and the tools, and then they knew the truth. All of the village went there to see and to pay their respects to the man who had saved them. Everyone in the village, except for one, his mother-in-law. She was so ashamed that she could not handle it anymore and died soon after. Every evening after that, the young woman went to the tree where her husband's body was laid to rest. But one evening, she saw a ripple on the water of the lake. And then she saw the great Gona Cadet. It spoke in her husband's voice and said, Get on my back and hold tight. They dove beneath the surface. He took her to the beautiful house, and there they had numerous children that are now known as the Daughters of the Creek. They reside at the head of every stream. If you see them or either of their spirit parents, it will bring you good luck. Now, another tribe in the area has their own version of the monster. The native Tlingit people tell stories of water monsters they call the Jigignok. These fish-like monsters were reported to travel in groups and attack canoes and kill warriors. They were so feared that the Tlingit people did not hunt them. So, we can already see how different people in the area believe that the lake monster to be both friendly and sinister, which is not unusual. I mean, if you remember from Thunderbird, different tribes have different tales of monsters all around. But nonetheless, they believed there was something in the water. Like most of Alaska, the lake is very remote. There are no roads that lead to the lake, so really the only way to get there is by plane, and especially by float planes, since they can land on the water. There is a river called the Kivachak River that runs into the lake, but only during the summer, so for the other three seasons, it's just plains. The area surrounding the lake is sparsely populated. It's a fishing and hunting town, which is its main income. But due to the remote area, most of the sightings come from pilots who see the creature and sometimes creatures from above. 1942. Bill Hammersley and Babe Alsworth were flying over Lake Iliamna. As they were crossing over the deep blue, almost black water, Hammersley noticed something unusual. He saw giant shapes swimming in the lake. He lowered the plane and spun around to get a better look. The two men got a really good look at the creatures. They said the things they saw were a dull aluminum color, with heads that were broad and blunt. The width of their long, tapered bodies was the same as that of their heads, and the vertical tail slowly waved side to side. 
They were mystified and baffled by what they saw. Hammersley drove the plane down, going from 1,000 feet to 300 feet. When they got down there, they realized they underestimated the size. What they thought was a 10-foot monster turned out to be at least 20 feet. The several dozen of these giants were probably longer than the plane's pontoon. They looked like mini-submarines. They watched the creatures until they dove deep down under the water and out of sight. They debated on what they had just seen, eliminating a whale due to its tail moving side to side and not up and down, and it never came up for air. Hammersley was so confused by what they had seen, he published a short piece on the mysterious fish in an attempt to get others to investigate the matter or at least come forward with reports. Then, in 1947, someone did. Larry Roast was a U.S. Coast and Geodect survey pilot. He said, while flying across Lake Iliamna in the fall of 1945, at a height of around 100 feet, he saw something in the water. He claimed to have seen a giant fish more than 20 feet long, the color of dull aluminum, just like what Hammersley saw. A magazine published an article in their January 1959 issue titled, Alaska's Monster, Mysterious Fish. In this article, there are more than 30 years worth of eyewitness stories and reports. In this issue, it talks about how Hammersley made an attempt to catch whatever he saw back in 1942. He used the flank of a moose as bait, hoping its rich meat would entice the monster. They came back to check on the meat and see if they caught anything and were yet again mystified by what they saw. The 16-inch stainless steel aircraft cable was gone, along with the bait. Now, the cable they used is supposed to hold up to 500 pounds, so that means whatever took the meat was not only massive, but insanely strong. This was just the beginning of sightings. A biologist in 1963 claimed to have seen a 25- to 30-foot creature in the lake that never came up for air which is just like what most of the other witnesses saw as well. There are a couple more stories to share, and then we will discuss with Aubrey some possible explanations. 1967. An Alaskan missionary named Chuck Krapachets reports that he has seen the creature not once, but twice. The first time, he was flying over the lake in a float plane, and he saw a large beast in the water. He quickly got on the radio and tried to call anyone around, and try to see and verify it. But nobody got there in time. One of his friends went looking for it. He took a 5 16th stainless steel cable and put a number 2 tuna hook on it, baited them with caribou, and tied it off on the struts of his float plane. That's a lot of fisher people talk, so basically what you need to know is that the cable can hold up to 9,000 pounds, and the hooks were designed for strong fish, and are about eight or nine inches in length. The friend was drifting and sitting out on float planes when all of a sudden the plane gave a big jerk and knocked him off the floats. The plane started being towed around the lake, pulled by something on this cable. He barely made it to shore and had to walk for miles before arriving somewhere to get help. When he finally got to his plane, he found that the three cables were gone and the hook on the last one completely straightened. At this point, Illy became a somewhat celebrity, but not in the same way that Nessie did. People really believed that the creature could be dangerous. 
Fishermen reported their propellers being damaged by what looked like teeth marks. Other stories are from people who were knocked out of their boats by an unseen monster in the lake, and even people going missing while out on the lake. The monster was featured on an episode of Animal Planet's River Monster, which aired in 2010. Host Jeremy Wade goes to hunt for Illy. He sets out traps and stays along the lake but doesn't see anything. He listens to sightings and makes up a theory of his own, which we will hear about during Weird Club. There were more and more stories coming in, all describing a similar strange beast inhabiting the depths of Lake Iliamna. In 2017, there were multiple sightings near the town of Kakonak. On June 19th, a large number of people reported seeing something large emerge from the water. Gary Nelson reported it to the KDLG radio station in the town of Dillingham. He said, There are more than one, at least three. The first was the biggest, maybe double the size of a 32-foot gillnetter. The animal either blew like a whale or spit water from its mouth, or something. The smaller animals behind him did the same, but not as dramatic. They were black or very dark gray. I'm at a total loss as to what they could be. This week's segment of Weird Club is with my best friend Aubrey. We went to prom together, and when one of us gets to attend the Tony Awards, we will be wearing those outfits again. Let's hear what she thinks about the monster in Lake Iliamna. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weird Club segment of the show. Today, our Weird Club inductee is my best friend, Aubrey. Say hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. You have to, you've had to put up with my, like, weird endeavors into all these cryptids and ghosts and stuff for, like, years now, so. Oh, yes. We've watched many a, a documentary. <laughs> so good. Um, so where do you think you are a skeptic, a believer? Where do you lie on that little line? I'd say I want to believe, mm-hmm. but it's, it's hard to sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Evidence can be very compelling against a lot of these things being real but i i'd like to believe that a lot of them are right that there's something out there i would hope so because there's a lot of stories and this one for me i don't know about you but you'll understand how excited i am once i start telling you some evidence um but what are your first thoughts on like do you think it's real fake where are you on on it right now Okay. I feel like the the sort of origin story with the like um the half orca half wolf deal mm-hmm. is I really I appreciate the story. I love a good like tall tale, I guess. <laughs> like turtle the world and the turtles back yeah. sort of thing. Um I feel like that was actually the other way but still (laughs) like I love it as a story but I feel like for sure a wolf orca creature you know probably probably not Mm -hmm. uh, a thing Mm -hmm. but I feel like some sort of enormous lake Mm -hmm. creature isn't completely out of the question I mean Maybe not to the size that people are claiming it to be, but mm-hmm. it's a very deep lake and it's right. in a 
remote part of the world. There isn't mm-hmm. going to be a whole lot of documentation otherwise. Right. And I mean, like, so the fact, some facts are like, the ocean makes up 70% of the earth. We all know that. Um, mm-hmm. The one that I didn't know is that, like, scientists have estimated that there's, like, only 5% of the ocean has been discovered or examined, which is, yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I knew it was, like, a small number. I didn't know it was 5%, though. Like, that's tiny. We have no idea what's down there. So that's why I feel like, honestly, for me, at least, like, like, monsters in, in, like, water and stuff, I will, I will lean more towards believing no matter what, because, like, they're still finding new species all the time. Um, Like, I watch plenty of documentaries to know that, like, the deep parts of the ocean have like weird weird fish that like glow or like so weird um yeah and especially in like alaska in the in the pacific like the northern pacific oceans there are a ton of like weird which we'll talk about like weird (laughs) weird fish and sharks and other things that are like yeah but yeah um, you wouldn't see them in other parts of the world like anyway and for it to be like a mysterious creature right. from the deep, like an Alaskan mysterious yeah. creature from the it's deep is like, totally different. Yeah, it's also like nobody's, I don't know, like I feel like if a, a lake monster lived, I don't know, in New Jersey or like any other state where people like climate allows for them to go to the lake and like enjoy yeah. swimming, I feel like there'd be more sightings or like there would have to be an explanation. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like, for, for sure. Alaska, I feel like nobody's like, oh, I gotta go to the lake today. Like, I just need to swim. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you gonna freeze? Like, what? <laughs> no one's hanging out in that lake to right. check it out. <laughs> so I feel like, like, even and that that would help for for a weird creature because they can go undetected for like so long. Um, yeah. But there are super like weird facts which are like kind of fun. Um, basically, cryptozoologists, which are, you know they study weird things like this um <laughs> they're estimating that because of climate change that we might be like getting more accounts of either new cryptids or of pre-existing cryptids or even just of like animals that haven't been discovered yet right because they're being forced out of where they used to live and they have to find somewhere else that would suit them um and like also due to climate change because the ice caps are melting um, mm-hmm. they said that it's possible that like if a prehistoric creature or something got frozen in an ice cap that it could be like it could melt and then be released again yeah um, kind of like a jurassic park type thing um no that's what i was thinking i mean like i i don't know how far back that is i'm no right. scientist but you said like climate change i was like oh shit they're coming mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. the glaciers mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, and like that's not good. Like we all watched Jurassic Park. We we know what the side effects are. And it's death. So 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 um so let's dive into some some thingies. I need to figure out which one is like the best one to start with. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, we can we can say like you know, are they just seeing a normal whale, which is like totally like you know um. Are they seeing a beluga, which they, I mean, I don't know, that one, they're white, they're clearly white, so, Mm. um, are they seeing an orca, but I feel like they know what an orca is, Um, and another thing is that nobody's been, or at least in the reports that we have of this creature, no one's reported a dorsal fin, which I'm pretty sure that's the back one, right? 
Yeah, I think oh, I I'm, think so. I'm, I'm like I'm like the doors open, right? Yeah. Wait so. a minute. <laughs> I'm like uh, but um, I think no one's reported a dorsal fin. So like, I I don't I know a beluga whale they don't have one, but most other whales do. Like an orca, which would be on the larger side, or a blue whale, or like a humpback, or any of those large ones all have that. And then also, well, no, wait, maybe a humpback doesn't. I Am could I not tell you. I have. I'm zero clue. I'm googling it, and then I will. I might have to backtrack because I'm. <laughs> humpback Honestly, whale. like they don't. They they don't. I was like kind of picturing like a whale in my mind. Like, do they have? They, they, well, actually, okay, they kind of do. They kind of do. See, look. Oh, like a little, a little baby they, one. They yeah, yeah, something. yeah. So, like, yeah. to be fair. I'm not editing that out because I think everyone needs to be involved with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everybody, they do have a little dorsal fin, so fuck you. So you all know. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you are aware and you were waiting for my downfall, but it didn't work. Um, <laughs> but so people were basically like, all right, is this just a whale? Like, you know, um, and there have been belugas that have been reported to come up the river that leads into the lake. Mm. Um, so I guess like it is possible for whales to be living there. Um, but that, I don't know, it just, this creature doesn't sound like a whale, um, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like, it's also interesting because, you know, this, this, like, creature has been reported since natives were there. Um, and we talked about this in, in our first episode with Thunderbird, but, like, I don't know. I think that, like, when people have been living with the land that much, they are able to say, you know, this is that creature like or this is we know what that is but that's an animal we see all the time um but what we talked about in the thunderbird was like maybe they did have a different name for it so Mm -hmm. maybe the reason we have this origin story of a lake monster is they were seeing a whale but they didn't have like the scientific term for whale yet obviously yeah um and maybe they just like exaggerated a little bit with like a wolf head because the like they i don't know maybe the head kind of looked dog-like or like mm. you know there's weird fish out there i don't know um they didn't have planes back then to get an overhead yeah. view anyway they like, like, oh, let's <laughs> just get in that plane a wolf. real quick you gotta, gotta look up there huh all right huh. and also like here's another thing that i'm thinking about now how did the natives know how big it was yeah i couldn't see from an aerial well i guess aerial view would make it worse size-wise because you couldn't I don't know how that works. I'm really bad with measurements. I found out it's just terrible. <laughs> Through Through I this. feel like from above, you could at least approximate more. Like, cause if right. you're looking at it from, I don't, not like sea level, but if you're but like looking at it, it yeah. from land, then you can't really tell as right. well how long it is. You don't know how much of it is underwater or above. Yeah. Like, so then, like, yeah, how would you estimate? I guess if you're, like, running along with it, and it's like, all right, it started, like, four minutes ago, so I know it's long, you know? You're going for a run with the, like, with the oh sea creature. <laughs> yeah, but basically, okay, so here's where it gets, like, super-duper cool. So, Jeremy Wade, the fish dude, um, from... His official title. His, his official title. <laughs> um, he, so on that episode, he was like, I think it's a white sturgeon which is the, I think the last picture I sent you. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like this, it's a gross fish with like, yeah, things I, on its I back. think I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. They're super famous. Um, but basically he was like, he was like, I think it's that. Um, 
And then in the episode, he went to like a lake in Washington or like Oregon border, I guess, and mm-hmm. caught a 90 pound one, which was the smaller one. And then he caught a 300 pound white version. <laughs> um, and so he was super excited. So some uh, some facts on the white sergeant, and then we'll go back to the problem in Wade's theory. Um, okay. So white sturgeons can get up to 1,500 pounds, which is like big. Um, it's and a heavy can, boy. Yeah, and they can grow up to 20 feet in length. So that's so like this is, matches, yeah, that's, the... matches the description so far, and they can live for over 100 years. So like we're really checking off the boxes right now. Um, yeah. Another thing is that they are bottom dwelling fish. So that could be why sightings are so rare because, you know, they don't need to come up for air or anything. Um, they don't in general or just like, they just like to hang out down there? No, I think, I, I mean, they're, they're not whale, like they're not a species of whale, so they don't eat oxygen. So cool, they, cool. they like stay underwater. But since they are bottom dwelling fish, there's really no need for them to come up to the surface unless they need, they're catching fish or I don't know. I don't know what, maybe they just want some sunshine. Um, yeah, yeah. But, it's dark down there. Yeah, it's dark. Um, but some some problems in this theory is that one, there hasn't been any evidence of white sturgeons residing in Lake Iliamna. So mm. like, okay. Um, so that's number one. Number two, they don't have teeth really, and like their teeth are are not they're very tiny. So mm. they so the the stories of them biting humans or the story of them biting boats. Yeah, wouldn't match up because a white surgeon can't. Um, yeah. And then in Wade's theory, the weird thing is that like he couldn't find a white sturgeon in like in the lake. So <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like he's literally he, he was literally like, yeah, it's it's definitely a white sturgeon there. But then went to Washington to go catch a white surgeon to show us that it was a white sturgeon, and it's <laughs> yeah. like sir um like I, I can't find one but like that's i'm telling you that's what it is like it's not a monster white surgeon i gotta i'm gonna go catch one somewhere, somewhere else, else. <laughs> to show you but like it's there I, I swear trust me um so like i don't know i mean but but looking at that creature one it does kind of have like the first time i saw it, it does kind of have like a wolf like a wolfish i don't know like for some reason it does have like a dog type face not like I, it has a sort of like like going with that that first picture that's sort of like cartoon ish mm-hmm. i feel like it had that uh i don't know how to describe it like i'm doing the motion with my hands but i can't yeah, put right. it into words that like fur going yeah. back into fish body and i feel right. like that is a similar i guess head shape mm-hmm. to that fish right and like it has the the two whiskery things on its like a kind of like a catfish, which I don't know, like whiskers, dog, another one, um, and it it is an aluminum gray color, so yeah. that's true. But on this white surgeon, it has a distinct back, which is like that white with like spikes on it, which yeah. does would explain for um, you know if a if someone's a boat propeller got caught on that it would definitely tear up the propeller. Yeah. Um, so they could think that's bite marks when it's just a back of a white sturgeon, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tail is super long. Like it is, it has a vertical tail, which is what they described. Um, so, you know, I could, I could see that. And it's like an aluminum color 
ish and like the yeah. picture that's under is of one that was caught that one was caught in ontario which is like it's in that part of like northern north america yeah yeah um but this white sturgeon that this one caught looks massive um like its head is huge yeah um, and honestly like if i saw that thing and didn't know what a white sturgeon was i think it was a monster for sure yeah yeah probably <laughs> but the thing that i keep coming back to is that like there's no there if there's no reported white surgeon living in the lake then how can you say that's the lake monster yeah i think by now with technology or something they you know they'd be able to find a white surgeon which we already know exists yeah if more people are seeing a lake monster than a white surgeon why are we thinking that it is that fish right it's like it's like um uh, okay um (laughs) sure sure yeah so the other theory which is honestly a really it's a really compelling one as well um is that people think it might be a sleeper shark um sleeper sharks can live up to 400 years apparently Um, how do we even know that (laughs) so here's the thing scientists don't know a lot about sleeper sharks like they're literally an enigma to them their uh sleeper sharks are usually from like 12 to 14 feet or at least that's one that they've been finding um but they have seen ones that are up to 23 feet Mm. so big um and they live in the pacific northern part of the ocean um and they they love cold water um and can survive in freezing temperatures which Mm. all is you know great um yeah but it's so it's so strange that they've you know if science haven't scientists have not done a lot of studies on them, then I guess yeah, like who's to who's to say? And their faces, I mean, like they're they're not they're not the prettiest of the sharks. <laughs> Don't um, be rude. <laughs> like, you know, great white sharks. You're like that thing looks terrifying, but it is like that's a gorgeous, it's a know, lovely creature. It's a lovely. Oh, like look at the teeth. It's so pretty. But like this one Beautiful. is like it's a face that only a mother could truly. <laughs> yeah, um, because they are strange and spooky looking but they are an aluminum e color right so there's that um and they have a vertical tail and they don't have a dorsal fin so we're checking boxes off again yeah Mm -hmm. um and if scientists don't know a lot about them we don't really know their behavior um so we don't know if they travel in packs or anything um so like you know that's that's strange for sure but Mm -hmm. I guess like how you can't really you can't like there yeah there's all these facts and everything but how can you how can you say yes that's what they're seeing when like I don't know like I haven't I didn't read anything about anybody finding a sleeper shark or a white sturgeon in the lake itself yeah um so like I would be more prone to believe that it was one of those if if someone had seen either one yeah yeah like if if wade had caught a white surgeon in the lake i'd probably be like oh yeah for sure yes there's like weird ass fish in the water and thinking it's a monster because that's exactly what i would do too yeah but since they haven't it's i don't know i mean i don't think that it's i don't think it's a a, a orca body with a wolf head i I would love it to be but i I think that's probably not it i'm like yeah and i would love the tail to be as furry as it is in that picture yeah that'd be really cute honestly like would want a puppy version like wait 
Is it a puppy or? On well, what's like the baby? Isn't it still, still a pup for whales? I I could not tell you, but whales I'd really like that. Babies are called dot dot dot. Drum roll. Calves. Damn, we calves like cows. Yeah, like cow calves. Okay. Mm. So that's less fun. I think it could still be a pup, though, if it's half... half what, I'll, what, I'll be on like board. Sea, isn't there, like, a sea creature that's, like, dolphins, maybe? Maybe they're called puff, pups? Puffs. <laughs> they're called puffs? Uh, no, no. Like that's what you fish. said. <laughs> no, that's what you that's said. Nice. I was making fun of you. <laughs> I was making fun of you. Dolphin babies are called... <laughs> oh, they're called calves, too. What the heck? What the hell? <laughs> no, it's a shark's. Huh. Yeah, sharks on here. Right, platy- well then, platypi or platypus. Platypi. Oh, I'm thinking of seals too. Seals are pups. Yeah, well, I've yeah. Okay. Well, you said otters. That that makes like, sense. Yeah. Otter that, seals. Like, they're kind of the dogish family. Yeah, yeah. But Maybe sharks. they're just seeing giant uh, seals. Oh, that would be fun. I don't think. Again, I don't think it's a wolf, wolf creature thing. But I guess it could be a sleeper shark or a white surgeon. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Right. Um, I'm not ruling them out, but I'm also just saying, like, wouldn't, wouldn't people have been, like, been able to say it by now? Yeah. If they're seeing this one creature, right. they should be seeing those other ones, too. Someone yeah. should be able to definitively recognize right. one of those animals. Right. And also, I guess another thing about the white surgeon is like, wouldn't people say it had like horns on its back or like something like that, you know, when they yeah. say it had like horns or it had white spots on its back at least. Yeah. Because um, that's pretty noticeable. Like that's not something yeah. you just don't see, I guess. Yeah. That's like a really distinct pattern, I guess, right. or thing to see. I've, I feel like to see something and just say like aluminum yeah like right that wouldn't cover it yeah and if that would be more like sleeper shark because yeah they are they don't have any any distinguishing factors on their body because they're yeah. boring as hell no i'm kidding don't <laughs> be rude <laughs> leave them alone they do have these like bright blue eyes though that are kind of pretty it's quite piercing yeah. it's really they're lovely modeling. they're modeling for us they're, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't know. Come and find me. Good luck. (laughs) I think it's like again, like with lake monsters, I am more inclined to believe most of them, um, because it's like, I mean, I don't know. I I I want to go down to the bottom of the lake. I'll go. Like I'll go investigate. Yeah, I am more inclined to believe in lake or sea, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, monsters. Just because, like, only 5% of the, like you said earlier, like, the water is much less investigated, I guess, than the land is. There's so much of it that we just don't know anything about. It's completely possible that there are monsters down there. (laughs) And it's also, like, I mean, you know, even even creatures that are discovered are, like, monstrous, like, like a great white shark is a monster. That is, yeah. that is a terrifying thing. But anyway, thank you for being on the show. 
Thank you for having me. That was so fun. Yeah, it was so great to have you. And we'll, you'll, have, you'll be back for another one. Maybe a sea monster, maybe a land monster. We'll switch it up. Who knows? Switch a Rooney. But I yeah, think yeah. we'll close the case on this one as still being a cryptid and maybe, you know, maybe one that is really out there, but yeah. who really knows. Mm. So what do you think? Is the Lake Iliamna monster really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you'd go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. One week from today, I will be covering a cryptid that has been reported to live in England and terrorize people that come too close. The Cornwall Owlman. See you next week. This episode was written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo design by Jason Zykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.